Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us, or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language, and so glorify God. Let's begin. My guest today is Jessica Connolly, owner of Tell Us Art Shop. I hope I said that right. Jessica, welcome. Hi, Lindsay. It's so great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. You, um, I'm a little obsessed with your shop. You make beautiful jewelry. Um, <laughs> you've curated such a wonderful collection of items that are expressive of the faith, but not like hit you over the head with the faith. Um, and I think that's just such a beautiful witness to how we're called to live our faith, to be in the world um, and to be witnesses every day without, um, I don't know, without without being too crazy about it, I guess. Um, so I'm really grateful to spend some time with you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So your quote is from C.S. Lewis, The Weight of Glory. We do not want merely to see beauty, though God knows even that is bounty enough. We want something else which can hardly be put into words to be united with the beauty we see, to pass into it, to receive it into ourselves, to bathe in it, to become part of it. Can you tell us about where you heard that, where it, where it strikes you? Yeah, yeah. So ironically, I haven't read all of The Weight of Glory, um, but I have read a lot of C.S. Lewis and his the way he talks about our faith and just the way he sees God and the beauty and all of it um, has always resonated with me. Um, you know, whether I was Protestant or now that I'm a, a, a Catholic, it just has always kind of struck me um, that that's always what I think no matter whether we realize it or not, we're always seeking beauty and through beauty, we find truth um, and sometimes vice versa. But um, yeah, so when I was putting together my website, I knew that I wanted to include a quote from Lewis because he's been such an integral part of my faith. And that one was one that struck me as it kind of uh, brought everything together of what he, how he talks about beauty and our faith. Yeah, and there's so much in the world now that doesn't seem beautiful. feels like we're sometimes not even trying to tap into the beautiful. We get uh, bogged down with the disappointments and the things that aren't going our way. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and stuck on how ugly things can be when just humans are kind of left to their own devices. Um, but we can participate in this beauty that exists, that is part of who God is. And it really is who we are created to be because we are created in his image and likeness. Right, 
Yeah. No, that's so true. I think that beauty can um, <clears throat> change a lot of hearts because um, it's something something we can all agree on. You know, it's <laughs> you can't look at a sunset and say, no, that's not beautiful. You know, we can all, that's a, a common starting point and it, it gives everyone wonder and awe. Um, so yeah, I think he puts those in our in our field of view as a reminder that like you're saying that we, we don't need to focus on just what's hard in the world, but we can look for beauty as well. Right, and it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be that everyday kind of thing. I think when we get used to looking for the beautiful things, um, then we find them more and more. Mm -hmm. um, so even the, the little things just like around your house or in your case, like the jewelry you wear, these little things can help remind us, I think, who we are created to be and, and who we're called to draw closer to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was kind of the goal with the jewelry is um, just fine. You know, I kind of started using my grandmother's old jewelry. She was Catholic and it was kind of a way of bringing back some of the, the pieces that she had loved into something that was more current and um, something that people would want to wear again. And, and that's kind of carried throughout all of our collections is, is, you know, a nod to the vintage. There's a lot of vintage, some of it's vintage replicas, some of it's truly vintage, but um, just kind of bringing that beauty back, um, which is, again, you know, points to our faith as well, that we're all redeemable and, and there's, there's goodness and beauty in all of us. Um, so that's kind of where that, that plays into the, the jewelry aspect of it, I would say. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then beauty, I, can we talk a little bit about how beauty played a role in your conversion and in your coming into the church? Yeah, yeah. So um, it, I fought it a little bit. My husband was Catholic, is Catholic, was, you know, was Catholic when we got married, but we met in a Protestant church. And then after we got married, he kind of realized he wanted to go back to the church. And that was hard for me because, you know, we were Protestant. I thought we'd always be Protestant. And um, it just felt it felt divisive, not in, on his part, but just it felt like a, a wedge in our marriage. And um, so I fought it for a while and it wasn't really want, where I wanted to be, but we started going to mass together. And I just, it, you can't deny the beauty of the mass. Um, so it was definitely something that called me, you know, drew me in and it made me want to learn more and go through RCIA and allow myself to ask those questions and kind of hear the answers. Um, you know, the history of the church and the beauty that's within the mass, I would say is, is something that really touched my heart and allowed me to be more open to conversion. Yeah. You know, I was just going to say something about the history too. I think in the church, there's such an interesting connection between history and beauty because there's something beautiful about how long lasting and how timeless it is that it's it's not just tapping into the moment. It's not a current trend, certainly not a current and trendy thing to do, um, right. but, but it taps into who we are like deep, deep down inside, like at our core. Um, yeah. And I think that's what you're saying, right? That like, we can all agree on beauty when something is truly beautiful, we can all agree on it um, yeah. because it's built into us to appreciate that. Right. Yeah. And there's beauty in the reverence, you know, there's beauty in like the fact that the mass tries to reach all of the senses and has done so for, you know, so many years, um, historically. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think what you're saying is true, like that it's just that, that beauty draws us in and, and it, 
I think you have to be willing to see it in a sense of the Catholic church, you know, because it is so different than what the world puts in front of us. Um, You have to, you know, let yourself, let your guard down a little bit and just allow yourself to experience it. But um, if you can't do that, then it's definitely there for sure. And some of it you do kind of have to learn how to see, but, and I think that can be a stumbling block for people sometimes, you know, it it sounds like chanting or this sounds like people are just saying things they don't even know what they're saying. Um, But all art takes some understanding. I can't remember the lines exactly, but Flannery O'Connor had said something about, um, about even short stories. I think we think, oh, a story, I know how to read. So I know how to read a short story, but um, but, but there's there's some method to it. There's some reason that the artist put the things where she did to draw right. certain things out um, and, and visual art too. Like there's, there's a way to learn to true, like you can appreciate something without having training in it. But when you really start to understand an art form um, or you really start to understand the faith in the mass, then it goes so much deeper and there's so much more we can see and so much more we can understand of it. Um, but I think I, I kind of feel like people just want to well, I should be able to look at this and understand it right off the bat. I shouldn't have to. If I yeah. have to work for something, um, if I have to kind of put some effort into it, then it's not, I don't know, it's its not quite the same than like just, bam, I know what this is. I think we kind of take for granted all the things that we do learn just by being human and growing up in the culture and environment that we live in. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, with all the media that we have available, everything is just force fed to us. We don't have to think about it at all. So, right. And then we wonder why it's not really deep and meaningful. (laughs) We don't want to work for it to be deep and meaningful either. Right. Right. So you kind of can't have both of those things. Yeah. But when you do dig in and you, I think you're right. When you, when you start to understand when you, that what you said about opening yourself up to the mass, when you allow your heart to be open, when you allow it to you know, your mind to say, I, I don't understand everything that's happened right now, happening right now, but I'm willing to learn about it. I'm willing to see how the pieces fit together. Right. Um, then there is so much there. And in the course of the liturgical year too, um, Lent can be confusing for people. Advent can be kind of confusing. Um, even the fact that Christmas and Easter are seasons and not singular days in the church. Like there's a reason that we have these rhythms of feasting and fasting and they allow us to to live as a more deeply human experience because this is how we are created, right? To to live with these ups and downs. Right. Yeah. No. It's it's a gift to be able to have that woven throughout our days. You know, to to have those touch points that we can look back. Um, even at home, you know, even during quarantine, we we always know where we're at in the church year. So yeah, I think that's a huge gift that the church has given us to. Um, to stay in touch with all, all those things. And we, it's up to us to learn about them, you know, and, right. and to apply them where we can. But um, yeah, I feel like it's such a gift that those things are there. Um, and it's something that like we've tried to work into as our family, you know, it's as a convert, it's, it's not uh, second nature to me to have all those things woven throughout. But um, I love when my kids kind of take hold of those things and kind of remind us you know, it's Friday or, you know, just different things. It's first Friday. We try to go to first Friday mass and things like that. And actually to, to your point about learning difficult things, I, I'm kind of con- conflicted here or not conflicted, but um, realizing that now that we're going to the Latin mass, it's something that I've been fighting a little bit too, that my husband wanted to do, but I'm realizing that there is so much beauty there as well. And I haven't been challenging myself to do that hard work, you know, to, to learn more about the, the Latin mass and to be more, 
in tune to it and be more a part of it. But because I see that beauty that's there, but I, I have been, I'm kind of back where I was with the conversion of just kind of like, okay, now I need to step out and, and be learning about those things. Yeah. I mean, there's something, there's something of being in the church and feeling that you are at home and you know what's going on and you know what the next step is. Yeah. There's something really, I mean, the fact that you can go to a mass in another language in another part of the world and know exactly where you are in the mass is really beautiful. Yeah. So there's yeah. nothing wrong with that kind of getting settled into it and feeling at home there. But yeah, I don't, I've, n I've never been to a, a Latin mass and I think I would be in the same boat as you if I were there, wait a minute, what is going on here? But you're right. I mean, you can still feel the rhythm of the mass. You know, you still yeah. know generally what's happening and um, it, it's fun to know like what the Latin means in English, but really it doesn't matter because it's more about, it's not about us, right? Like even in, right. you know, no matter what mass you're in, it's a, it's about the mass and it's about the sacrifice of the mass and your prayers. Um, um, you know, fit into that, but ultimately like the mass will, will go on whether you understand right. what's going on or not. And that's a good yeah. thing. It's not about what you're getting out of it. That's not right. like, this is not, oh, I went to a concert and really enjoyed it. That's not, right. that's not what's happening here. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go back to what you said about kids, because I have experienced that too with my children. The liturgical year is, I mean, they're a little grumbly when we say we're not having dessert in the middle of the week anymore. Um, oh, yeah. But they anticipate it now and they understand it. And it's something that's, they just, they know these things. This is just part of who they are, that this is what we do as we prepare for Christmas. And this is what we do when there is a feast day. Um, yeah. And they delight in that. And, you know, I kind of, I grew up with some of that, but not, not as much as my kids are growing up with. And I, uh -huh. I see it in them too, which gives me confidence that we're kind of doing the right thing for them because it seems to tap into something deep in them, the, the rhythms of the year. It just right. feels natural to them in the same way that they get excited about spring and summer and even fall, you know, every season as they come up in New Jersey, we see all of them. Um, they get excited about all those things. And in the same way, they get excited and they anticipate the different parts of the year in the church. Um, and they know that the, the decorations are going to be different and we're going to, you know, there's a word we don't say during Lent. And then we get so excited when we can say it again during Easter. Um, which is really hard to convince our toddler of, but we're getting there. <laughs> um, but they get so excited about these things. They go up and down and in and out. Um, and it's just, it's so deeply part of who they are that I can see like, this is, you know, so there's so much we can see in our children of who we were created to be kind of before we let other stuff get in the way. And yeah. that's one of the things that I've really noticed. This is something that that is deep within us. And this is like who we were created, how we were created to live. God wants us to live this way. Um, right, right. And it helps combat that culture of, you know, everything is force fed, you know, you kind of have to wait for certain things, you have to learn about them and understand them for them to really resonate with you and make sense. Um, and I think that's good for kids to, to have that moment of pause and to have to wait for things. So, right. They see, you know, Halloween candy in the grocery store, even at the end of August. And they're like, that's ridiculous. I know, right? <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> you're right, children. So true. We'll so buy some now before all the good ones are gone. But you're right. It's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Um, yeah, sometimes you get to a holiday and there's nothing left in the store anymore. It's, well, right. and it's kind of the same thing as when you get to the holiday and you're like, there's no excitement left anymore. Right. If you enjoy it all in advance, like the holiday feels meaningless if you enjoy it right away. So yeah. 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 So yeah, there's so much, there's so much depth there of what, what the church is teaching us about who we are and 
and how we're meant to live. And that even in this world, like we can have all these joys and pleasures now, or we can right. um, have some of them now, but really look forward to what's coming. And I think you're right. That's, that's the message that we're trying to teach our children and the message that we need to be learning ourselves for me, at least over and over again, every day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like I heard something recently that even when we do get to experience those good things, you know, whatever they are in our lives, the beauty and the the goodness and, and all of that, even when we get to experience them, we're still left with a hint of like longing, you know, like it, even though we get to a small taste of what is to come, like it, it, it's still not, it's not the thing, right? It's just right. like a shadow of the thing, like C.S. Lewis would say, it's just a shadow. It gives us a, a hint of what is to come. And so it's good to experience those things so that we have that longing and we, we know what the, the true longing is as opposed to the force fed, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. I, anyway, I, yeah, I, no, I has seen and no ear has heard what God has ready for us. So, right. Yeah. So that's a beautiful thing to be excited about. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we are just about out of time, but I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. Thanks, Lindsay. Good to talk to you. Listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com breadbox.